1: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease, and that is the right intro. That's how you get it done, Mark. Is yep. uh, this is? I'm going to be honest. This was take two because I thought it was the primetime podcast for some reason, but we are here. For the onside kick, giving you everything going on in the NFL. And, Mark, today is a glorious day because what day is it, Mark? Another mock draft. It's another mock draft. And the one thing I am going to say, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyways, is me personally, I get that everyone's different. I'm a guy, I like offense, and I like offensive drafts. And this one, this one reminds me of, was it, I'm trying to think, Jadavion Clowney's draft? Where that one was like heavy on the defense mm-hmm. and kind of a little bit on the quarterback, um not that many offensive guys um going in, especially my first round well, it's just exciting
0: weird. offensive guys. I mean we got a lot of true. offensive linemen,
1: true. it's like I mean, I was talking about this with Brandon yesterday because we talked about Bryce Love, and it's like. The last few years, Leonard Fournette, Zeke, like Mm -hmm. running backs that are top five backs. And it's like this year, we don't even have a running back in the first round in some cases. But we're changing things up here a little bit for this mock draft. Usually we do them in three segments. We're only doing them in two for this one to try something different. We're going to do 16 picks to start.
0: We got a head coach to talk about. We
1: we got a ton of head coaches to talk about as we've only talked about a few of them. We're going to do 16 in the first one. Then the 17th through 32 in the second one. Then in a third topic, we're going to look at the Denver Broncos' Vic Fangio. Can he get them back to the playoffs before ending the podcast with our picks for the last two games before we're down to numero uno and the Super Bowl in two weeks after this Sunday? Before we get into everything, make sure to check out most valuable podcasts, on patreon patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast that's how you support us that is how we are able to do what we can do and what we do do for you guys each and every week and i know the onside kick we're gonna have a new one we're gonna have Shane mac is gonna be joining us we always talk about Shane O'Mack hitting yep. us up on twitter time to talk about some colts i'm actually gonna hear Shane mac's voice because whenever i hear his tweets i just read it in the shane mcmahon voice hmm. um, which is not The same as Vince McMahon, but that's what I got because of his Twitter handle. But, Mark, let's go in the mock draft. How we do it is you list off yours. I list off mine. This one's going to have a little bit more because instead of 10, we're going to have 16. But take me through and take us through your top 16 for the NFL draft 3.0 first thing that needs to be said
0: is uh, Shane McMahon is a name I haven't thought of or heard of <laughs> and completely forgot that man existed just, that dance for years coming out uh, so at number one with the Cardinals obviously Nick Bosa defensive end the Ohio State University uh, 49ers gonna go with Josh Allen linebacker out of Kentucky the Jets at number three going with Jonah Williams the offensive tackle out of Alabama Then we're going to have the Raiders going with Sean. Uh, I wanted to be Gary, but Sean Gray, (laughs) defensive end, Michigan. Bucks at number five going to Colin Farrell, defensive end, Clemson. At six to the Giants, Dwayne Haskins, quarterback out of, once again, the Ohio State University. Uh, The Jaguars are going to go with Kyler Murray, the quarterback out of Oklahoma. He is now... Going to the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got the Lions at 8 with Ed Oliver, a defensive lineman, maybe an offensive, or I'm sorry, an outside linebacker. We'll see what happens from Houston. Uh, the Buffalo Bills going to Greg Little tackle out of Ole Miss. Then we got uh, the Broncos at 10 going to Greedy Williams, cornerback LSU, fell quite a bit somehow, some way. Then the uh, Bengals at 11 going with Devin White, the linebacker out of LSU. We've got at 12 the Green Bay Packers going with Brian Burns, offensive line. I'm, I keep saying offensive when I see an mm-hmm. O, outside linebacker or defensive end, edge rusher, Florida State. The Dolphins at 13 going with Byron Murphy, cornerback out of Washington. At 14, the Falcons finally going to stop this fall with Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle, Alabama. The Redskins at 15 going with Marquise Hollywood Brown, the wide uh, receiver out of Oklahoma. And finally, wrapping up my first half, the Panthers at 16 are going to go Cody Ford, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma.
1: I like how I came in and was like, man, I feel bad for, spoiler alert, having Quinn and Williams at like the bottom of my top 10. And you were like, oh, really? Hold my beer, Ricky. I'm going to have him all the way at 14 to the Falcons. But getting into mind, the Arizona Cardinals will Cliff Kingsbury, take Kyler Murray with the first overall pick. No, it's going to go Nick Bosa because that should be the pick at number one. Then number two, the 49ers, they go, ah, we need some pass rush. Um, We were hoping you'd pass on Nick Bosa, but we'll take Josh Allen out of Kentucky. The Jets, they need offensive tackle help. They need O-line help. They're going to go Jonah Williams. The Raiders could go anything. They'll go Greedy Williams, though, cornerback out of LSU. Then the Bucs, they will go Rashawn Gary. Gray. I keep screwing that up. Gary, I think, defensive end from Michigan. Um, the Giants will then take our quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, the QB from the Ohio State University at number six. Number seven, Greg Little, the offensive tackle from Old Miss will be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Then at eight, Clint Farrell, the defensive end from Clemson, will go to Matt Patricia and his Detroit Lions. Then at 9, Quinnen Williams, the defensive tackle from Alabama, goes to the Buffalo Bills. Number 10, the Denver Broncos' Vic Fangio comes in. He goes, I want a guy that uh, some had as the second overall pick very early in the process. I'll get Ed Oliver with the 10th pick in the draft out of Houston. Then the Bengals at 11, they're going to go Devin White, the linebacker from LSU. Packers at 12 go Marquise Hollywood-Brown, the receiver out of Oklahoma. Dolphins, they've come out and said they're not going to go quarterback this draft. They're looking to next year, so they'll get a pass rusher in Jalen Ferguson, the defensive end out of Louisiana Tech. Then at 14, the Falcons go Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle from Clemson. Redskins at 15 go Devin Bush, linebacker from Michigan, and then rounding it all out at 16, the Packers. Panthers, taking the same guy you had them take, Cody Ford, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. And the first thing I want to ask you, Mark, Mm -hmm. has to do with the first overall pick. There's two questions I have for this. The first one I'm going to ask you is the one I've had lined up since last week. Should the Cardinals trade the first overall pick? Because if you look at it, the last time we had a base value for this because we haven't seen the first overall pick traded since 2016. Think back to that draft. Tennessee had it at number one. The Rams gave up. So Tennessee traded its first, fourth, and sixth rounders to LA. In return from LA, they got a first, two seconds, and a third, plus a future first and a third rounder In the following year's draft, is that the route that the Arizona Cardinals should be thinking, let's trade this for someone that wants Kyler Murray, wants Dwayne Haskins, let's load up on picks to get some valuable players for us?
0: If they could somehow get a trade going, then yeah, that'd be their best case scenario. Because here's the thing about the Cardinals, they're a team that has a lot of things they need to fix. They've got (laughs) an aging team, um, and if you have Nick Bosa now, he could be dominant, but he's going to be at the end of that fifth year pretty soon before this team is really ready Mm -hmm. to do something um, to where it's like, well, so much for that cheap rookie, now -hmm. we're paying him a lot of money. So I think that trading down could be very useful. Get more picks. If you can get more to address more needs, that's obviously a great thing. The problem is I don't see anybody being interested in trading up to the first Mm -hmm. because – the quarterbacks, either one of them, even though Kyler Murray is interesting, neither one of these quarterbacks are quarterbacks you trade up for.
1: Mm-hmm. Um and we, I I'm gonna disagree. Mm-hmm. I think Dwayne Haskins is Kyler Murray, like Kyler Murray has what I'm gonna call the hype to. I think Dwayne Haskins has the potential to be the true guy that you would potentially go, yeah, let's trade up to get him, because we don't want someone else to trade up to get him instead of us.
0: I I don't necessarily think so. Um, I don't think he's going to be anything that amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then there's also the other side, too, with the free agency market of we're going to have Nick Foles probably. We're going to have maybe Tyrod Taylor, but we're also going to have Joe Flacco that can be traded for. There are going to be options in the free agent market as well. So... It's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that some of these teams will be able to address that. And then you have a team like the Dolphins that are saying, no, we got Tannehill. A team like the Bucks that are saying, no, we've got Jameis. So other teams are kind of jumping out and saying, this isn't the year. Mm-hmm. We'll wait and see this year. And then next year, all right, we can pounce.
1: Well, and I, the thing I find interesting is, first off, if you look at it, the Rams were 15th the year they traded up with the. Titans for quite a big jump. the number 1 pick. But if you look at it, who's sitting at 15 this year? The Washington Redskins. A team that could trade up for a quarterback because their top two broke their legs. Like, both of them broke their legs yeah. this year. And you're right now, Mark Sanchez is your quarterback because there are some people that are like, oh, man, let's see if Nick Foles um, can come back next year. There are other people that are like, no, he's done. Like, his career... Alex Smith. You yeah, Alex Smith. Yeah. Um, with the injury, the Thiesman like injury mm-hmm. that he had um, this season. The thing I wonder is for me, like, trading up, like, there's going to be trade talk during, like, leading up to the draft, especially as the rumor mill kind of circles mm-hmm. um, for some of these players. The thing that I look to. Is really for me not necessarily the Cardinals, mm-hmm. but I look more to I could see what happened when yet again the 2016 draft when the Cleveland Browns traded their second overall pick because for the Cardinals I'll say this they should trade the first overall pick if I they could yeah I don't think that a taking Kyler Murray b taking Dwayne they're not Haskins, take Kyler Murray or That's c not taking um Nick Bosa is going to solve all of your problems. There are even people that are saying, like, well, is Nick Bosa really the number one pick because of the injury, um, Mm -hmm. the core muscle injury that he has been nursing really since the TCU game? I've expressed concern
0: about it before in the past, Mm -hmm. but he's just— Kind of that default number one Mm -hmm. until somebody is bold enough to make a claim otherwise.
1: And the trade I can see, and I'm going to actually put this in as a prediction. If we see a trade for a quarterback, this is the one we're going to see. The Giants will trade up with the San Francisco 49ers because I look at it and I go, you look at Cleveland and Philly, the year for Carson Wentz, Cleveland was at two. They gave up. They gave up their second overall pick and a conditional fifth. And then the selection was upgraded to a um, comp fourth-round pick um, selection if the Browns received one. Um, And they got back the eighth overall pick, the 77th, and the 100th, plus Philly's next first-round pick and a second-round pick in last year's draft. So I don't think that... The 49ers would get that much from the Giants, but at least getting three picks in this year's draft, or even two, plus maybe a first next year, I just, something tells me that the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury and that uh, management is not going to be able to pull the button, or pull the trigger, I should say. But John Lynch will. John Lynch has, and John Lynch will, and... Like John Lynch, he's already shown it before with the Bears and Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not saying the swindling the Bears because Mitch played up this year, yeah. and really hindsight is 2020. 20, but John Lynch is the guy where he'll get you to be like, hey, you, you know, you want Mitch? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you want to trade up for him? And they're like, I think yeah, we, we give a lot give of
0: credit to John Lynch mm-hmm. when really he did what any cool. beginning gm's gonna do which mm-hmm. is trying to accumulate picks yeah i mean at why this not, point i don't think he's gonna and here's why the not thing do though. it again though the giants the jaguars and essentially the redskins mm-hmm. those are the three teams that need quarterbacks mm-hmm. joe flacco's going to one of these teams nick Foles is going to the other one mm-hmm. that leaves one team that needs a quarterback mm-hmm. you might be able to give me the argument of saying well the broncos need a quarterback too but they do have Case Keenum getting paid for another year. Mm-hmm. So they've got Case Keenum still, and they could still try and upgrade, sure. Uh, but in that case, there are two quarterbacks worth a first-round pick. I don't see any reason why anybody really needs to trade up for one of these guys. I think we're just used to it, mm-hmm. so we, we're trained to expect it. But I can see this being a year where people just sit and, and hey, if the quarterback's there, we'll take them. Because even the Giants, they don't need a quarterback. They need one, but they don't need one. Mm-hmm. They're not desperate. They've got Eli Manning. He's there still.
1: I mean, the thing is, though, is they're, it, it's funny with Eli, too, because last year— Giant fans had the pitchforks and the torches out, yep. and we ready to get rid of Eli. Well, the coach was bad. Now, under Pat Shermer, it's like, oh, well, he's not that bad. It wasn't his fault.
0: But we have Eli <laughs> being what Eli always is, which mm-hmm. is an inconsistent, good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's always going to be good, but he's also always going to be inconsistent.
1: And how many of these quarterbacks—I I know we've had this conversation before, but mm-hmm. how many teams, like, look at the Giants— they're gonna sit there and go, oh well, we're at six. You know what? We won't take a quarterback at six. Let's see if Will Greer's there at thirty-seven. It's possible. Let's see if Daniel Jones because they there don't at need somebody
0: to start day one. Anyways, mm-hmm. they can let someone be a Patrick Mahomes start next year.
1: I just the thing like the thing that I think is if there's gonna be a trade this year for a quarterback, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily going to be like the Rams and Eagles where. Oh my God! This guy is so good. We gotta get him. Yeah, like we have to get like where it was. I can't even remember. Two. I think it was. If, correct me if I'm wrong. The Eagles traded with the Browns first, and then the Rams traded with the Titans, right? Or did I it happen honestly vice don't remember versa? because I thought it happened like that. Someone in the comment section will have to correct me. But it's not going to be like that. It's mm-hmm. not going to be like Oh my God! We need like. Yeah. Oh, you got the second pick. Oh, we're going to get the first so we can have our choice between either of them. I think, if anything, mm-hmm. and this will be like you say, oh, well, we like to give John Lynch so much credit. If he gets a deal done and makes a deal, mm-hmm. I think this will be a deal where we go, you know what? Hats off to you because you were able to get one done. Because it's potentially, yeah, it's gonna take a depends what he gets for it exactly. But it's gonna take a GM this time to play two. And I know that it's the um, not 100% version, but Mm -hmm. you need a draft day move of like, ah, come on, Mark, I've got so and so on the phone. Like, come on, clock's a ticking. Like, it's Mm -hmm. gonna need that GM to try to play teams against each other. That may need quarterbacks. I mean, Jacksonville's another one that, like, how antsy are they going to get, yeah. especially if they can't get a deal done for Joe Flacco or something.
0: Mm-hmm. And and somebody – will. the Ravens aren't going to go out there mm-hmm. with Joe Flacco again this year. Someone's yeah. getting Joe, um, and there's already been interest for him, and there's already a short list of places he might go. And Jacksonville's someone, one of them.
1: And someone's going to overpay uh, dig, uh, Big Dick Nick. Of course.
0: I mean, he's a Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, when I look at these – Options here, and whatever's playing out. Obviously, there's only two first-round quarterbacks. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray. Um, I do think someone's going to jump on Kyler Murray in the first round. I mm-hmm. don't think it's going to be a number one over. I mean, I laugh at the Cardinals Cliff Cur- uh, Kingsbury saying like oh, I one a yeah, I'm sure you would, <laughs> but that's why the head coach doesn't pick the co- the draft picks. That's uh-huh. why it's the GM that does it. Uh, the head coach shouldn't be trusted, but to me. I think that Kyler Murray is a more interesting pick, Mm -hmm. but he's just – there's so many unknowns with him. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether you want to talk about, you know, it's kind of short, or if you want to talk about the fact that he might play baseball. If you want to talk about the fact that he's really only potentially doing this whole NFL draft thing to leverage more money out of the A's. Yeah. Which is what he's been trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still think he – at this point, I – Said it before, I would not take him in the first round. If it was my choice, I wouldn't trust Mm -hmm. it. But I think he's going to go in the first round now.
1: And that's why I told you I refuse to have him in a first-round mock unless I know 100% he's going to choose football over baseball. Because if I was a GM, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't wouldn't invest that much into a pick where it's like because some some of these quarterback teams – Look at it. Tampa Bay, we can take it. We can get a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. Look at the Giants. We can get a defensive guy. Well,
0: anybody can.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Like this draft is so heavy defensively mm-hmm. towards like we can bolster our defense and then worry about quarterback next that's year. That's why I
0: think there's one team that really fits. Potentially a second team. But that's why I got going to the Jaguars because mm-hmm. the Jaguars can do it. They can say, "We've I, despite our record, we've got a good enough team. Mm-hmm. We can take a chance on this guy and if he doesn't pan out, we look like idiots." But hey, it didn't really set us back that far. Mm-hmm. Um the Broncos arguably could do it as well, but I think they're in less shape to do it.
1: See, I just the thing with the Jaguars to me is the thing that you do is if you take Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and he doesn't play for you, well, you could have had an offensive tackle. You could have helped out Blake Bortles. You could have helped out whatever quarterback isn't a quarterback. You're yeah. gonna like you could have helped out whatever quarterback you're gonna have behind center, but you went ahead and took that risk. And I know what you're saying. Like the draft is a risk. High sights 2020. Sometimes mm-hmm. you've got to take those risks, but I can't wait until we get to the combine. And I hope, I hope that GMs stare Kyler Murray mm-hmm. right in the face and go, where are you standing, big guy? We need, like, I need to hear it out of your mouth yeah, Are you in this? Are you not? Because like I told Brandon on the primetime podcast this week, as a GM, I would kind of feel like you're one foot in, one foot out. And if I'm drafting you to my team, like GMs, coaches, they like all-in guys. Are you all in mm-hmm. for this team? Because if you're not, then we're not going to draft you.
0: Yeah. My biggest fear if I was a GM is that, I can't trust what he's telling me because mm-hmm. he's been wishy-washy already. Mm-hmm. But the big thing I'm convinced after the whole uh, hey A's pay me twenty million or whatever it was at fifteen million or something like that, um, he's just doing this to leverage okay. a, a bigger contract
1: yeah. out of baseball.
0: Yeah, he just wants a better contract, and he'll take it if the NFL gives him more money. He'll take that. Mm-hmm. I think it's purely going to be who's offering me the best deal. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to you.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's one thing where if you're an NFL team, maybe then if you're the Cardinals, let's mm-hmm. say you really like them and Cliff likes them, and the he's owner, not going the, to the Cardinals. You gotta stop well, that. No, no. If the let's mm-hmm. say the GM, because the thing with the Cardinals too is I don't trust their their management at all. Where I mm-hmm. can see their management going, oh Cliff, you like Kyler Murray? All right, let's take him at number one. Like no, no, do that exactly. Why are you doing mm-hmm. that? Like. You said the teams that keep drafting quarterbacks always continue to draft quarterbacks. Yeah. And I just I feel like it's going to be interesting to see how this plays mm-hmm. out. I think he goes to baseball in the end. I think that the A's it's probably eventually pony up. And the one tweet I saw that was absolutely hilarious is uh, someone tweeted, like, Tell, give me one good reason why Kyler Murray would skip the NFL for baseball. And someone quoted it and said... I don't know, be able to have good motor skills after, at the age of 45 and from baseball, not getting hit.
0: Yeah, Baseball pays better.
1: <laughs> Maybe not having the uh, potential chance of CT. I don't know. Right. There's always that. But the last two things I want to ask you, very kind of briefish. Mm-hmm. First one's the Buccaneers. Yep. Bruce Arians, I know we haven't done a deep dive on him with the Buccaneers. We will at some point. But the thing I want to ask you is it seems like Bruce Arians is going to be a guy that's all in on Jameis Winston. Is that going to be a mistake? Should they at five, mm-hmm. if Dwayne Haskins is there, which he is for both of us because we both have him going to the Giants, yep. should the Bucks pull the trigger and say, buy Jameis?
0: Not necessarily because I'm not convinced that either Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray are really better options than mm-hmm. on Jameis Winston. Um, the only difference is without the off-the-field issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't also think that Bruce Arians is all in on Jameis Winston. I think Bruce Arians is coming in saying, got a year, kid. Prove it.
1: You got your contract year.
0: Yeah, that's it. Prove it right now. And if you do a good job, if you keep your nose clean, if mm-hmm. you you know do everything we need you to do, you're good to go. But I don't really think that they're all in. I think it's an evaluation. They uh, Now, the NFL is very different because everything's fast-paced. But mm-hmm. a good manager will not come in and immediately change things. They'll mm-hmm. come in and they'll look at what they've got evaluate it, figure out what needs to be changed, and then make the changes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like the Buccaneers are a complete dumpster fire. They're all right. Mm -hmm. They're pretty high in the draft, but they're all right. They've got things to work with. Bruce Arians can make this better.
1: The thing that's also funny about the Buccaneers, they play in the NFC South. Mm -hmm. That is always a division where maybe the Saints change that, but it's like, oh, the Panthers were last place last year. Oh, no, they're first place. Oh, the Bucs were last place last year. Oh, the Bucs are in the play. Like, it, it's always ebbing and flowing. Yeah. It's like, oh, a new division champion X amount of years. And with me, the thing that, and also a funny thing as I pull up here on ESPN, um, you know what Bruce Arians recently said about his team? What's that? Um, Ex-Steelers OC Bruce Arians says Antonio Brown isn't the same player Pittsburgh drafted, basically saying that he's too much of a diva. There's too much miscommunication, too much diva. He's a wide receiver. Which I find funny because, yeah, he's a wide receiver. Yeah, of course he is. But I mean, I just, I find it interesting with the Buccaneers because with me, I don't, maybe it's because Mm -hmm. A, I'm a Jameis Winston hater. I have been since the beginning and it's probably not going to change. Number two, I just don't have faith in Jameis Winston. I know there's so many people that are like, oh, look at what Bruce Arians did with this quarterback and that quarterback and how he fixed their accuracy issues and he made it better and he's going to do the same thing with Jameis. I don't see it because you know what Jameis is? Jameis is that quarterback that looks down the field and he sees an opening and he goes, "Uh," it's like the meme where his brain goes, don't do it, don't do it, don't Mm -hmm. do it, don't do it, and he chucks it. Like that's what he does. His brain's Sometimes like, don't you do just it. gotta don't unleash the don't dragon. Exactly, like Rex mm-hmm. Grossman, the only, the last quarterback to defeat Drew Brees in an NFC Championship That's game right. was Rex Grossman. But I mean, I just don't think that Bruce Arians is going mm-hmm. to be able to fix Jameis Winston. And that would it hurt the Bucks to not draft a quarterback? No, because if they're the first overall pick next year, congratulations, you get Tua Viola, who. Everyone loves this year. and even see what happens. Like, even next year, there's people that are saying Jake Fromm's going to be better than the quarterbacks this year. Justin Herbert, who could have been in this draft, Mm -hmm. would have been—like, up until he decided to stay, many people had him above Dwayne Haskins with the quarterback ranking. So, I mean, there's three quarterbacks right there, which could be better than what you'd get as the first quarterback overall— in this draft class, and that's where Tampa Bay, where it's like, I get where you might want to take that mm-hmm. quarterback because you don't believe in Jameis, but it's not going to hurt you if you don't. The last team I kind of want to mention, this is from the comment section, one of our our last mock, um, we had a commenter ask to talk about this team, so I made a point, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah. give them their shine What are you thinking about the Bengals? Because they're a team that I think could go anywhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, they need everything. Linebackers, offensive linemen. uh, They could use some people to throw the ball to. Besides, Mm -hmm. uh, Especially with um, uh, big injuries, obviously, destroyed Mm -hmm. this team when it comes to your quarterback, uh, when it comes to A.J. Green. This defense has fallen apart. Uh, There's a lot of things going on. Basically, if it could possibly go wrong for the Cincinnati Bengals this year, it did. It did, yeah. and they were a team that looked really hot at the beginning, and then, like I said, everything fell apart. Andy Dalton's gone. A.J. Green's gone. Uh, yeah, it's it was a disaster after mm-hmm. that point. So, for me, it's one of those, you go BPA. It does not matter what the position is. You go ahead and you take it. Um, you know, I, I felt good about having them take Devin White, but really, I mean, probably... Because Quinnen Williams was still on the board. Mm-hmm. Probably could have taken and should have taken Quinnen Williams. Yeah. Because he was still there and he's a better BPA pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just one of those, it really doesn't matter what they take. I think it does need to be on defense. Yeah. They have to do something defensively because they were one of the worst teams against the run, one of the worst teams against the pass. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. One of those two things will get better. Um, the Part of the reason I go with a guy like Devin White is just to be a commander. You know, just to be a linebacker that can take charge of that defense.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the thing for me, in the first round, I think it's easy for the Bengals. Where I feel like where we're going to be defensively, like, they're going to go either one of two routes. They're going to go with team need and take a linebacker. So if Devin White's there like you and I have, even if, like, a Devin Bush is there, Mm -hmm. all right, we're going to take one of those guys— to me, the more important thing with them, and this is kind of a branch a little bit without getting too much out of the first round, is I look at pick 42. Is Noah Fant going to fall to them at that one? Because if they were a team, if they continued mm-hmm. on the trajectory that they were, like they started off 5-1, and one, looked like to be a playoff team, and then kind of sputtered. I know an injury to Andy Dalton will help that. But let's say they continued on the path they were, if they ended where, let's say, the Ravens were. Or if they won an extra game and ended where the, let's say, Chargers were. Because that's where the Chargers, or not the, yeah, the Chargers. Because that's where um, they would have ended up maybe if they were in the Ravens spot and then beat it, beat the Chargers. If they were like 28 towards the end of the draft, a playoff team, Noah Fant would be a really nice pick for them. And I say that only because Tyler Eifert was injured this year. He's going to be heading to free agency. How is that going to affect his free agency? But at 11, that's way too high for Noah Fant. You're mm-hmm. not even thinking about Noah Fant. So for me, yeah. it's like take either one of the linebackers, take a defensive playmaker. To me, though, watch that 40-second pick because if Noah Fant falls out of the first round and he falls a little bit in the second, Mm -hmm. he could be one that they kind of pounce on in the second round.
0: I just think that this Bengals defense was too bad to to skip Mm -hmm. any defensive player. Um, If there's a defensive player and an offensive player and they're at least comparable, you go with defense Mm -hmm. for the Bengals because the team desperately
1: needs it and they're going to have, like, at 11, they're going to have a plethora linebacker or corner um, defensive end. This is where you guys come in, though. Let us know what you guys think of our picks, 1 through 16. Also, let let us know what you think of the new format for this one. Do you like it better um, with 16 picks instead of just the top 10? Let us know down below. But, Mark, let's move on into the next, the second half of our mock draft. Before we do, though, make sure if you're – Listening on podcast services around the world, hey, maybe you're on iTunes, maybe you're on your iPhone, maybe you're on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to go rate and review the podcast. And I'm also looking at you if you're on YouTube. I know you have an Apple. I know you, yeah, you just have an Apple sitting there ready to eat. maybe but you have an Apple account. I, I know that we have iPhone users out there because I see the analytics. I know we have people watching us that have iPhones. Make sure to, even if you're on YouTube, go. And rate and review the onside kick. It would really help us out. We're trying to get that five-star rating. I believe the onside kick is also at a 4.5 there rating right now out of five, which is pretty damn good. It's not perfect, but That's okay. nobody's perfect. Mark, let's yep. start with you. Take us through your second half, yep. 17 through 32. At 17, the Cleveland Browns
0: are going to go with DeAndre Baker, the cornerback out of Georgia. Then I got at 18, Yadni Kajust, because I love that <laughs> juice. Uh, offensive tackle out of West Virginia. Then we got uh, the Titans going with Montez Sweat, defensive end out of Mississippi State. 20 Steelers going with Devin Bush, linebacker out of Michigan. 21, the Seahawks going to go with Deontay Thompson. The safety out of Alabama. Then we got 22, Ravens going to Trey Adams, another offensive lineman out of Washington. Finally, or not finally, but another offensive lineman uh, going at 23 to the Texans. Max Sharping, offensive tackle, Northern Illinois University. Then we got 24, the Raiders uh, from the Bears going to Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver out of Arizona State. The Eagles at 25 are going to go Julian Love, cornerback out of Notre Dame. Then 26, Colts, Jalen Ferguson, defensive end, Louisiana Tech. Next, I'm going to have at 27, the Raiders, this time from the Cowboys, going with Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Then the Chargers at 28, another defensive tackle, Christian Wilkins out of Clemson. Uh, So that's a fun one back-to-back. 29, Patriots, Noah Fant. Tight end, Iowa. Then we got, uh, so the answer to your question the last one, no, no fans <laughs> not available. Uh, at 30, the Rams going with uh, a little guy, Jackie Polite. Uh, linebacker out of Florida. I like him. He's got a fun name to talk about. Did uh, you Jackie Polite? Yeah, and I to think pronounce it's, incorrectly. I think it's Ja-Kai. <laughs> yeah, He's got a fun name to pronounce incorrectly. Uh, Chiefs 31 going with Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. And finally, the Packers. From the Saints, don't worry, Packers did not win the Super Bowl,
1: uh, A.J. Brown, wide receiver, Ole Miss. So it happens every time. Mm-hmm. You know how like, you go, oh, Jackie Polite, and it's like we screw up names all the time. We're not perfect. Well, um, and
0: it's also fun
1: sometimes. The thing mm-hmm. I am going to say right now, I should learn how to say his name because I had the Rams go with him in my 2.0. I am going to screw up a name again uh, from Old Dominion, so I'll apologize right now. But at 17, the Browns, they're going to do the same thing you had them do. DeAndre Baker, quarterback from Georgia. Then my Minnesota Vikings, we get Gary Kubiak. The offense should be better. And we're going to go Trey Adams. We need some offensive line help. Uh, We need to bolster that offensive line. Then the Titans, they need someone to catch balls out there. Um, They're going to go with Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver from Arizona State. Then the Steelers are like, man, maybe we wanted that wide receiver. But they'll go Julian Love, cornerback from Notre Dame. Seahawks, just like you, are going to go Deonta Thompson, the safety from Alabama. Ravens bolstering some defense right here. Some pass rush. Montez Sweat, the defensive end from Mississippi State. Then again, just like you, the Texans going Max Sharping, the... T from Northern Illinois. Then the Raiders via the Bears are going to go with Brian Burns, the pass rusher from Florida State. Then the Eagles go Byron Murphy, the cornerback from the Washington Huskies. The Colts, they are going to get a steal in my mind. Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle from Clemson to bolster that defense and another great pick for them. And then the Raiders this time again via the Cowboys. They're going to go A.J. Brown, get Derek Carr receiver because they traded one of his this past year. So they trade Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. Then with that pick, they take the wide receiver out of Old Miss. Then the Chargers are going to go with Derek Brown. Defensive tackle out of Auburn. The Patriots, they will go Ja'Kai Polite, the outside linebacker from the Florida Gators. Then the Rams, the name that I knew, I continue. I'm like, oh, I should look up. And then I never do. Oh, Shane Ziminis, I hope I said that right, Um, outside linebacker Old Dominion. Then the Chiefs go Trayvon Mullen, cornerback from Clemson. And then last but not least, the Packers, pick number 32 via the Saints, go Damian Harris, the running back from Alabama. And you say, like, oh, Noah Fant, not available. Well, in mine, he still is available. (laughs) That's why I had brought him up. Mm -hmm. The first team I want to ask you about is I mentioned his name During the first half of our mock draft, I'm going to mention the team now, right now, the Steelers. How will the Antonio Brown situation affect their draft, if at all?
0: I don't know. I don't really think that it will, because there are still good weapons out there for Big Ben or whoever in the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, Juju uh, Smith-Schuster is a great wide receiver who... Maybe it'll be a little tougher if an Antonio Brown is not there to demand a lot of coverage. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they've got great weapons. They've got a good running back. They've got a good running back that they're not using, and who knows what's going to happen with him, Mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell. Um, But they had a great fill-in, and this team did fine. The problem for this team was just that they kind of imploded a little bit, Mm -hmm. and getting rid of a well, two, really, with getting rid of Le'Veon Bell and then getting rid of uh, Brown as well, those are hopefully going to help out that locker room. Mm -hmm. However, it's not getting rid of Big Ben, which I think would help that locker room out quite a bit. Um, But, you know, that's just because I think a lot of these problems are also kind of stemming from him. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I don't think it really changes much. See, I don't think... I'm going to say this. I don't think it changes their first round plans. I think after that, it might change Mm -hmm. what they're going to do. And the reason why I say that is first, you got to ask yourself this question is when are they going to trade Antonio Brown? Is it going to be before the draft? Probably not. Is it going to be after the draft? If so, yeah. Like, if he's getting traded, I think it happens. Between post draft and beginning of the season at the absolute latest trade deadline, like mm-hmm. I don't think he, I at this point, I don't think he gets past the trade deadline of next season, yeah, as a Steeler. But I know for sure that I don't think he's getting traded before the draft. And mm-hmm. the only way he's getting traded before the draft, like the Steelers would love to trade him before the draft because then they could try to finagle a first-round pick this year out of a team. Like, yeah. for example, the 49ers who have been linked to, like, Jerry Rice is like, we're going to make it happen. We're going to get Antonio Brown here. Oh, Antonio Brown really wants to come here. You don't think the Steelers would love to be like, hey, John, like John calls up, yeah, what what do you want for like Like, what, what's your asking price? And they go, give us a second overall pick. Yeah there's your outside linebacker. They get Josh Allen and then they That'd get a defensive player later on or like a team that I also heard the Broncos were interested getting a top 10 pick out of the Broncos like that's why I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to make an Antonio Brown trade before the draft because not that the Steelers won't want to other teams are going to say, no, 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 yeah. no. We're not giving up a pick this year. Maybe next year because we don't know. Like You always go into the next season going, you see yeah, we're going to be a good team. Yeah. And then you're not. And you go, oh, why did we trade that pick? But I look at their wide receivers without Antonio Brown. And what I see right now is James Washington, Juju Smith, Ryan Switzer, Darius Hayward-Bays on this depth chart. Eli Rogers is still on this depth chart. And the thing, and that's not, I'm not putting them in any particular order with that. That's a wide receiver core that does not scare me. Like, Juju is good. James Washington, what do you like, what do you think his year two is going to look like in the league? And that's where I look at this team. Even, like, look at this. Hayward Bay, up after this year. Eli Rogers, who I mentioned, restricted free agent this offseason. Justin Hunter, I didn't mention. He was injured. He's an unrestricted free agent Mm -hmm. this offseason. So really, besides Antonio Brown, the only people you have under contract are Juju, James Washington, and Ryan Switzer. That's why, for me, I don't think it changes their first-round plan. It changes their second, their third, because— You look at right now, the top three needs for the Steelers are cornerback, inside linebacker, and edge rusher. Mm -hmm. You could take those with your first three picks, and they've got picks at 20, 52, and um, 84. But now, because of Antonio Bryant, you might have to say, "Ah, well, you know, we really do need an inside linebacker. Uh, But at 52, let's go wide receiver. We need someone to be the number two. Like, especially if a DJ Metcalf is there. Uh, Yeah, we're going to need to go wide receiver now. I would have loved to go defense, but we got to go wide receiver now. But they still
0: do have good tight ends. They still do have a good running back. Mm -hmm. So they can get away with not doing it. It doesn't mean that they don't in the second round say, yes, let's take somebody if there's a good wide receiver there. I mean, you should always take the best player that's Mm -hmm. available um but they have talent to where they can get by rebuilding a defense is going to be very helpful when you look at this and say well we got to go against Baker twice a year we're going to have to go against Lamar Jackson twice a year mm-hmm. uh you know Andy Dalton was hurt this past year but he's still a good quarterback we still face good quarterbacks and the real thing that you look at if you're the Steelers we got to face Tom Brady that's what it is you have In to playoffs, beat Tom yeah. Brady yeah You should always be focused on how you beat Tom Brady, and a good defense is what you're going to need.
1: And, I mean, you mentioned those tight ends. I mean, it's easy. Like, Jesse James is a guy, if he comes back, he'll get re-signed. But, really, the only one under contract right now Mm -hmm. is Vance McDonald. Still, like, Vance McDonald, to me, maybe because I'm thinking of more of a fantasy mindset, he's not a guy that, if I'm a defense, Vance McDonald isn't a guy that, strikes fear into me because i'm not chris conti like if i'm chris conti sure, i'm freaking out because they'll a big thing when, when it comes to the, the steelers
0: is it's not just the individual pieces mm-hmm. it's the offense as a whole yeah you know it's not a throw it on us big ben mm-hmm. or it's not a uh you know we really need to shut down this run it's everything they have the run game they have mm-hmm. a passing game they've got it all um they do need to improve some of these pieces sure but they've got enough to where the offense as a whole is still going to be good no matter what
1: mhm and like i'm looking at their i'm looking at their defense have um kind of players and this is yet again the double edged sword they're going to mm-hmm. have to play with in the draft is you could always say like oh look at like Artie Burns isn't up this year. Joe Hayden is still um, with us. They drafted Terrell Edmonds last year um, at corner. Oh, John Bostic, he's still there. TJ Watt's still there. Bud Dupree has another year before he's up. And I look at it and go, the interesting draft strategy that they're going to have to dance around is what's going to be the value to you? Is it going to be, hey, we can pass on this because we've got talent. At linebacker, let's go get an offensive weapon, or mm-hmm. what I think might win out, unless they re- like, unless they really get scared at their wide receivers. Like they could take a wide receiver in the fourth, fifth, six. I just don't think a fourth, fifth, six wide receiver is going to add the type of talent that you need, especially if you're going to trade Antonio Bryant or Antonio Brown. Um, yet again, they could also add a wide receiver in free agency yep. Um, if they want one. But the reason why, I, if I'm them, I focus on defense for the first three picks is because with these contracts, a lot of them, except for maybe the defensive line, are up next year. So for mm-hmm. me, I'm thinking I don't want to draft that rookie next year and he's got to come in and replace. I want to draft that like linebacker. I want to draft that linebacker now, give him a year in the NFL to work, and then if I don't re-sign someone like, let's say, a John Bostick, then it's like, okay, this rookie that I drafted is not a rookie. He's going into a sophomore year, yeah. and he's had some growth in the league already. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a good defensive draft. It's the right time to load up on defensive players.
1: The other team I want to ask you about is we talked about their head coaching hire in Matt Lafer- Fleur with the Packers. But what I want to ask you particularly is, what to you, does Matt LaFleur change the Packers draft strategy? Because the thing I find interesting is for you, you had the Packers go defense and then offense. Mm -hmm. I've bought in. I've said, you know what? We got Matt LaFleur. Let's go ahead. We went double corner last year. Let's go double offensive weapon this year. Let's go ahead and get Marquise Hollywood Brown a deep threat for Aaron Rodgers this year and then pick 32. This is mm-hmm. my sneaky kind of like kind of dark horse pick. I am convinced that if Damian Harris is going to go in the first round, it will be to the Packers and the reason why Matt LaFleur saw big success last year with Derrick Henry. Why not get the Packers? And I know that Packer fans are going to bring up Aaron Jones. I forgot to mention him in that Packer segment. But Matt LaFleur will look at it and go, I can get the running back that I had so much success with last year. You who say could so fit.
0: much success, but we're talking I mean, about the Titans who really were. The Titans didn't. Kind of a just mediocre offense. I mean,
1: of course, like mediocre offense, yes. But there were games mm-hmm. where Derrick Henry had good rushing games, yeah, and I think that maybe LaFleur could see Damian Harrison go, hey, that's the type of running back I ideally want for my system, like I had in Derrick Henry, and I will win more games here because I don't have Marcus Mariota anymore. I have Aaron, I have Aaron Rodgers. I almost said Andrew Luck. I have Aaron Rodgers.
0: I don't think that Matt LaFleur changes a single thing because the Packers needed wide receivers before this. They mm-hmm. need wide receivers still. They also still need a lot of help on defense. Uh, The Packers are a team that have a lot of needs, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's been masked by Aaron Rodgers, and will probably continue to get masked by Aaron Rodgers if he gets out of the almost slump that he was in this Mm -hmm. year. Um, I don't think Matt LaFleur changes anything, because to me, Matt LaFleur is still a hire that was, hey, Matt, um, we just need you to kind of, I guess, be here. And don't rock the boat. Yeah, like... Don't really talk to Aaron. Uh let him do his thing. Uh he's not he's not interested in you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, or the flip side of hey, uh we need you to become Aaron Rodgers' best friend. Uh you know, just do whatever Aaron wants you to do.
1: You you spent a season with Sean McVay, right? All right, you're hired. Yeah, this is
0: just a scenario where the Packers want somebody who's just going to come in and just be a different face. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, and hopefully not mismanage the clock like Mike McCarthy likes to do. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I don't think there's really that much to it. And I honestly still don't get Matt LaFleur's hire because it was too early. Mm-hmm. And I, I know we had that whole big discussion about yeah. in the NFL now you have to hire early. Um. But it's just one of those ones where you look at last year and you go, but he wasn't good last year. Mm-hmm. The Titans offense was not good. Yeah, the running game was fine. The passing game was really bad.
1: Yeah, but how much? And here's the thing I'm going to ask you with that. And I know we had an in depth discussion about it, so I won't go too much in depth on it. Mm -hmm. How much do you put that blame on Matt LaFleur? And how much blame do you put on a guy that you don't really believe in, in Marcus' injury Mariota?
0: I mean, I definitely think that a big part of that does go to Marcus Mariota. But at the same time, we've seen flashes out of Mariota, we've Mm -hmm. seen him look really good. We've also seen him look bad. Mm -hmm. It's inconsistency and injuries. Um, You know, Matt LaFleur was this guy who was getting so much praise of, he is going to be our next McVay. We just know it. And he gets over to Tennessee, offense coordinator. He gets a little bit more control, and that offense isn't good.
1: Mm -hmm. So really, we could look at it and say, maybe it was Sean McVay. It wasn't Matt LaFleur, it was Sean McVay that was so good. And then well like,
0: one of those one of those offenses one of those coaches has a good offense this year and it's not Matt LaFleur.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna lean
0: towards yeah, it's probably McVay.
1: Because the thing that I'm looking mm-hmm. at right now is oh, this is postseason. I don't want postseason. I'm like, well, there I'm like, there are not that few teams in the NFL. If you look at this year alone, rushing total wise, Tennessee for yards overall was seventh. If you go for yards per attempt, Tennessee was 16th at 4.5, so kind of the yeah. middle of the pack rushing-wise.
0: And that's a big that's a big thing with Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry is not good until he gets going for like six mm-hmm. yards. Once he gets going, he's a bowler and you can't tackle him.
1: Yeah, and they were 7th overall with 126.4 rushing yards per game. It was really the passing game for them. That was not so good. Like, you look at their passing numbers. Ooh, 29th overall, which maybe that change with Aaron Rodgers. I, the Packers, to me, and it's my favorite word during draft season, <laughs> interesting. And the reason why is, what do they do with the two picks? Do they go defense-offense? Do they go defense-defense? Because if you look at their needs, cornerback, tight end, linebacker, mm-hmm. you have so many combinations you can do. You can go corner-linebacker. You can go corner tight end because Noah Fant might be available there. I know in yours he went before, so that's why he didn't go there. But in mine, he didn't. He wouldn't have gone to the Packers anyways. Um, Or they can say, you know what, screw that. We're just going to get Aaron and Matt weapons to work with in running back and wide receiver. Like they are a team that can. I would hope that the Packers can ignore.
0: Have learned their lesson though Mm -hmm. of. If we just ignore our defense, it'll be good because that's not something that works for them. The only time the Packers have really been that successful is when they've had two things, mm-hmm. a good defense and a running game. And I know Aaron Rodgers is amazing, but when all you have is Aaron Rodgers, ask Peyton Manning how far that gets you. When the Colts only had Peyton Manning, they didn't really do that well. They got into the playoffs mm-hmm. and they lost time and time again. What did the Packers do? Get to the playoffs and they lose because more complete, better teams mm-hmm. are there in your way to your Super Bowl glory.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, the last time the Packers had a above-average run game was when they had the Alabama running back, Eddie Lacy, correct? Yeah. And the last thing I'll throw out about the Packers is, you know what else gets thrown in and which helps with your Brian Burns pick? What's that? Clay Matthews. He might not be a Packer next year. Yeah. He's an unrestricted free agent, and I would not be surprised if another team goes, hey, Clay, here's some money, and the Packers go, all right, bye. You're 32 years old. We're not going to pay you that much money. Yep. Um, But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section about any of the picks. We had 17 through 32. Also about the two teams we talked about in this segment, the Steelers and the Packers. What do you think about both of them moving forward as we continue on into draft season and draft coverage. And, Mark, let's move into our last topic. Before we do, going to plug the Twitters for this. Go check out Mark at the 2 es Mark Weber. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Make sure to hit us up if, let's say, you're not a comment person guy. Maybe you're uh, in the audio verse and you're listening to my voice rather than watching me talk, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter with anything we've been talking about today on the podcast. But, Mark, let's take a look. Non-draft topic. Um, let's go and look at the Denver Broncos. They yep. made their hire of Vic Fangio. I know um, you. I don't think you cried. You kind of popped a little sorrow champagne, poured one out for your homie who's not with the Chicago Bears anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Although you're happy that you have Chuck Pagano. Yeah, I think Chuck um, Pagano will be good. As your DC, I'm going to ask you, Vic Fangio, mm-hmm. how soon can he bring the Broncos back to the playoffs?
0: Here's the thing about Vic Fangio. He's going to be he's going to be good for the Broncos because they've got a good defense already. He's going to make it even better. Um, the hard thing for Vic Fangio is he's got to rely on John Elway to someday give him a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Case Keenum was most successful with Pat Shermer, a guy mm-hmm. who was offensive, like, we're just going to go high percentage. We're going to make sure you don't make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, And also they had a really good run game. That helps out quite a bit. Uh, You're not going to get that from Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm. Vic Fangio is not going to be there and go, all right, Case, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be very methodical with the ball. Vic Fangio is going to say, I'm sorry, what's your name? He doesn't know who Case Keenum is. I'm being a little flippant with this but he doesn't know who case keenum is he doesn't care who case keenum is he's going to get an offensive guy to do that for him Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was originally the plan with gary kubiak and then that didn't work out too well yeah um but vic vangio is going to be interested in making this defense great and he's going to do a good job he needs john elway to give him the offensive talent um to make that better and then also go ahead and get that offensive coordinator who hopefully sticks around for a while Mm -hmm. so that way they can be good and just kind of run the show
1: well the thing that i originally really liked was as soon as vic fangio was hired there were the even before he was hired oh Mm -hmm. gary kubiak's gonna come back and be the offensive coordinator and after they hired vic fangio i'm like oh i like that Vic can worry about the – like, Vic can focus on the defense. He's basically doing what Matt Nagy had. I'll focus on the yeah. offense. I'll ignore – like, you're a head coach level to where I can just ignore you and let you worry about the – um Defense. Well, for him, it'd be the offense, Vic Fangio, defense, like almost like a Hugh Jackson, Mm -hmm. uh, Greg Williams. I'll focus on the offense until I get fired. You can focus on the defense. Until until you eventually take my job. And then you can let Freddie Kitchens be the OC until he eventually takes your job. It's kind of like a man-eat-man world out there for Cleveland. But then, you know— Gary Kubiak backed out. Now I'm happy because now he's an offensive advisory role. And, and Yeah, that, <laughs> it, that's an interesting one.
0: Offensive advisor slash assistant head coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a huge. he's the Hugh Jackson of the Minnesota Vikings. He is. Um, until, you know, the Minnesota Viking fans that are not like myself because there were people calling for— Zim dog's head, which I was mm-hmm. like, "Why, Zimmer? Coach Zimmer is not the terrible. problem here. She'd fire him immediately." Um, th- do you want to go back to the Leslie Frazier days? Yes, I don't. Do you want to go back to the Brad Childress days? Please, because do. I don't. Um, but I mean, the big thing is they got locked down their offensive coordinator, and for me, I almost feel. Like it's a scramble at this point, and the reason why I say that is like the big report that I'm seeing from like yesterday is report Broncos interviewing previously de- de- denied Rich Scan Scangorne- Garnello, where it's like, all right, you denied this guy the job, now you're re You're like, all right, we're gonna bring you in for the interview now, to where it's almost like. Oh, shit, what do we do? Mm -hmm. What do we do? Because the Broncos, to me, are not going to be successful if they don't get the offensive coordinator that can handle the offense competently while Vic does his thing with the defense.
0: Yeah, I I think that's going to be the tough thing, and maybe it takes a little bit to figure out. But I think what's going to help Vic Fangio is you know this defense is going to be good. You know it is. So that's going to give him enough time to hopefully let the offense get figured out with coaching, mm-hmm. with getting a quarterback someday. Um, that's going to be. And of course, you, you know, you just lost to Marius Thomas. You could use a wide receiver. That'd be mm-hmm. nice. Um, that's going to be very important. So. The thing that, of course, just makes me skeptical, I love John Elway as a quarterback. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. he is proving he's not very good at the whole GM thing. Well,
1: And before I say what I'm going to say, I need mm-hmm. to correct myself. Wasn't denied by the Broncos. Um, he was blocked from interviewing with the Broncos by the 49ers mm-hmm. until they pulled a USC and was like, fine, you can interview um, with the Denver Broncos. But even John Elway, it's been reported, he said recently that it was a mistake. Like He admits it was a mistake. To hire Vance Joseph. Like, he shouldn't have done that and should have maybe went somewhere else with that. It's easy to say that. It's kind of two a years dick after. Thing to say, though. Uh, well, to, it's John Elway. Do you know to, him to do anything? Else? I, I
0: know, but just to be like, yeah, you know what? That guy was such a big mistake. Fuck that guy. I know we fired him, but I really <laughs> want to rub the salt in the wound and tell him that he was bad.
1: Like, let's be completely honest. I've seen commenters in whenever we talk about the Broncos that are like, get rid of that scumbag, John Elway. Like great quarterback, but get rid of that scumbag GM John Elway and then we'll be able to win again. Yeah. To me, it's like it's a two parter where you mentioned it earlier. Oh, well, what about what do they do at quarterback? Because even John Elway has called Case Keenum a short term fix. And I see here this is from twenty four seven sports. The Broncos are among six teams in the race for Joe Flacco. Here's the thing. Let's say they do get the Rick um, Scanjarnello, who is with the 49ers. He's worked with guys like Jimmy Garoppolo for a little bit, Nate Mullen, CJ Beathard. Can he do enough if they get Joe Flacco to be that veteran quarterback for the Broncos?
0: I I think that they probably could. They are a team where if they have this defense and if they can get this offense some weapons, Philip Lindsay's a great uh, mm-hmm. running back and will be potentially a great future running back.
1: And when they get Royce Freeman too healthy.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of things to build around. The problem mm-hmm. is whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Keenum, Joe Flacco, Nick Foles, whoever it could be, there's not really anybody for you to throw the
1: ball to. Unless you're going to make a trade. Yeah. Go and make a trade for Antonio Brown. Make a
0: trade or just draft a wide receiver. I mean, there's going to be wide receivers available.
1: Mark's like, I don't want to bring in that diva. Draft. Go to the draft.
0: Yeah, I don't think that Vic Fangio is going to have any interest. And I know he's mm-hmm. not the GM. He doesn't make those decisions. But I don't think he has any interest in getting um, that. And I think that John Elway remembers what it was like to have a media circus with Tim Tebow and says, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we don't need uh, a big diva. Here on this team, um, I like
1: how I like how you bring up Tim Tebow. Remember, they had a diva wide receiver before he got traded to the Bears. Oh yeah, they had game. a diva wide receiver. Yeah, I don't think Brandon John, Marshall. John, I don't think John Elway was there during that time. But no, look back at the history. Like you had a diva wide receiver once. How did that turn out?
0: Yeah, um, and it's just one of those things where I don't think he is going to want to, you know. Get involved with that. I think I'm going to be very interested to see what that market is mm-hmm. for Antonio Brown. Just to, just to figure that out. Because I really wonder how many teams really want to dive into that guy who's ripping apart the team the first mm-hmm. moment
1: they start to lose. Well, and especially, too, where, like... And I get that, like, analysts on ESPN, like, how much of it is what they really mean? Mm-hmm. And then some is them... Digging into like because Dave was talking about how he was listening to Stephen A. Smith and Stephen A. Smith, I guess, said something like, oh, yeah, on the show um, today, he's like, I didn't believe the point that I was coming at. But he's like, if you don't come at it with kind of that feeling with like that gusto gusto behind it, Mm -hmm. nobody's going to believe a believe you. No one's going to take you seriously. So he's like, you got to come at it with that energy And I mean, what Ryan Clark says about Antonio uh, Brown, I hear the words and I look at Ryan Clark's face and I go, all right, he might be telling the truth here because it looks like on his face he doesn't really like Antonio Brown much. Um, Maybe because he went after um, respected coaches that guys like Ryan Clark, you know, guys that are for the team, respect uh, your coaches kind of guy kind of rubbed them the wrong way, especially when Antonio Brown went after Dick LeBeau. I just, to me, there's that double edge of like, all right, did is this really happening? Is ESPN like, hey, really dig into this because it'll get us viewers and stuff for everything. I just, to me, I wonder with this whole situation – Are we seeing right away—because I said before the hire, before when we talked about Black Monday, Mm -hmm. that Vic Fangio was the perfect guy for this job. Because I think he's the guy that can stand up to John Elway and won't let Elway push him around. But I fear because of the whole uncertainty right now with the offense, is John Elway and this management setting him up for failure? To where two years down the line, the Broncos are doing this whole po- dance and pony show it's again. possible. Where it's like Vic Fangio, wow, was a really good defensive coordinator. Man, that defense looks good. And he got fired. Well, and the interesting
0: thing, too, is like he's been a guy who's never had that. He's been in the league for so long and never he had this opportunity. And part of that, I think people always think of is his personality. Mm-hmm. He's not that, you know, rah rah kind of head coach. He is very kind of timid, and he's sarcastic, and it's funny, but, like, you know, he's just kind of the guy who's up in the booth and mm-hmm. t- calls some plays, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously there's more to it than that, but he like, how is he gonna a guy be he's who's going to be on the sideline g- yelling.
1: Do you think—and I don't know if they've said anything about this— He's going to be on the field now as a head coach. You can't be a head coach in the booth, right? I mean, you could. I can't even remember the last time we've had a head coach that was in the booth.
0: I mean, if you – arguably, if you're going to let your offensive coordinator run the offense, there's no reason why he can't be in the booth. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. They probably did answer that question by now. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't watch his press conference when he got introduced. Um, So I'm sure the question got answered. But – To me, I I do have that fear, too, and I do have that fear for Vic Fangio of, you know, is he going to be someone who can translate well into this role? Um, But so much of that's going to depend on what else he gets. It's the hiring of assistant coaches, Mm -hmm. of head coaches. And, I mean, a guy like Ed Donatel is going to be an awesome addition to his defensive unit. Mm
1: -hmm. But, once again, that's the defensive side. I also like how, like, oh, linebacking coach, Mm -hmm. let's bring over the guy I had in Chicago.
0: I mean, that's basically what he's doing, just <laughs> yeah. going—and that the same thing with Donatello. Mm-hmm. like, all right, my uh, my defensive backs were good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's bring that guy over. Yeah. You know, it's just shift them all over because it's his defense.
1: I also looked up—so, interesting, John Elway as an administrator. So, in his current role as GM and president of, or vice president of football operations, he was not in that role— when um, Brandon, Marshall. Brandon Marshall was on the team, he yeah. was he took over that role right before Brandon Marshall went from Miami to Chicago. However, he was the let's see oh no that was the Colorado Crush. Okay, I thought it was Denver Broncos CEO and owner, and I was like what? But no, he was with the Colorado Crush when Brandon Marshall was with the Broncos, so they didn't overlap. In that sense, I just, with me, this is going to be interesting because the Broncos, are they a bad team? No. They've got pieces, especially if Vic...
0: Yeah, v- you were very high on them in, in the Vic, uh, preseason.
1: Like, think about this, okay? Like, just put I'm this, in, put this yep. into your mind. I'm, I'm working what on it. Vic Fangio mm-hmm. could do it. Khalil Mack, now he's got Von Miller. Arguably, like, and I'm going to say mm-hmm. arguably because there's some people, especially this year... Would probably rank Khalil Mack above Von Miller for sure. Overall career, mm-hmm. like if you're saying best linebackers in general, most people would be put would be listing off Von Miller. Like they'd be close, but maybe Von Miller might be like Von Miller overall. was also
0: on better defenses than Khalil True. Mack has been until this year.
1: But now with Vic Fangio, it's like, are we going to mm-hmm. see? Is it going to be too much or too much like hype for oh? Look at what we got from Khalil Mack. Yeah, we can expect that. Well, here is the Miller thing about
0: Von Miller in that older. case. It's very well. It's very much a. I hope you like Von Miller in coverage, um, because there are people in Chicago who the one complaint people had about Vic Fangio was mm-hmm. we have awesome pass rushers. Why are they dropping back into coverage? <laughs> you know, like because Vic Fangio does not blitz. Yeah, that's his his belief is I need two or three guys and we'll get to the quarterback. That's mm-hmm. all I need. And oftentimes he is correct. That's all he needs. Sometimes he's wrong, and then your quarterback has a ton of time to Mm -hmm. pick apart your your secondary. Um, So that is a complaint that people – and that's why a reason why there are quite a few people in Chicago. They're like, we'll take Chuck Pagano. That guy's aggressive as hell. Mm -hmm. He likes to blitz. We'll take that. (laughs) Uh, It's different. It's a change of pace. We'll see how it goes. Um, But, yeah, I mean Von Miller – is a great player to have. There's a lot of great players on that defense. There's a lot of good players on the Denver Broncos in general. Um Vance Joseph just wasn't a guy to get it out of them.
1: God, I just I look at this defense too and I just I can't I can't wait to see what they do with him because yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying, like and that's another reason too of like for me I look at it and a guy like um Demata Pico um who's an unrestricted free agent this year, kind of a little older, Evan Oliver is the, like but that's the thing with that Oliver too. I'm going to ask you about because I had him going to tw- Denver in my mock draft. Is Ed Oliver a guy? Go back to the uh, the jacket incident. Mm-hmm. How's Vic gonna How's Vic gonna feel about that jacket incident? Because wouldn't Vic be a guy that's like, Hey man, I don't I don't want no sass from any of my players.
0: I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, I think the. I don't think the jacket incident bothered a single person because
1: the jacket <laughs> except incident, except for Houston's coach, who's not there anymore. Well, that's what I was gonna say. It was an obvious. This coach
0: is uh, a little mad that somebody's not doing what I want him to do, it's, and he does a little temper tantrum How about he, it.
1: He's sitting out because he cares about his draft stock. A yeah, little he more. was
0: just like, it was just an obvious. Like I'm mad, things aren't going the way I hoped. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it out on you because you're the one that made me mad. Yeah, you know. um,
1: But, like, they could take him at defensive tail. Plenty of options. Those linebackers, Von Miller, Brandon Marshall. Talk about Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall on the defensive end. Bradley Chubb, who they took last year. And I know what you're saying. (laughs) Be prepared to watch those guys drop back in coverage and not rush. But it's like we talked about Ed Oliver and his ability to rush and get penetration Mm -hmm. on the line. If they draft him and he's one of those guys pushing forward, then – I mean, that could be good things for the Broncos. It's just the offense is the biggest question mark. And That's what the needs are. Final thing I'll ask you, give me a percentage of 100% they do, 0% they don't. Joe Flacco is in Bronco Orange next year.
0: Um, I'm going to give it like 30% because I really think he's going to end up on the Jaguars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh yeah, I mean, that just makes more sense to me. The one extra thing I want to say about Vic Fangio and the mm-hmm. one time where you're like, you know, Vic, maybe this wasn't the place to go. It's just because you sit there and you go, got to go against Kansas City. Got to go against L.A. Twice. Like, uh I don't know if I'm going to win this division anytime soon. Uh-huh. Um and Well,
1: I mean you got John Gruden and here's and Mike Max, so you're good. Yeah, yeah, but but you Mike Mayock beat...
0: knows what a Raider smells you like. You can remember. beat somebody, that's nice. But in order to have been in the wild
1: card, he knows what a Raider smells you like. You needed to be 12 and 4 and mm-hmm.
0: still not be good enough to win your division. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's going to be rough. Yep. It's going to be a little rough. Um yeah, I mean that That'll be interesting, but also, I mean, Philip Rivers has got to retire sometime, right? So, I mean, the Chargers Maybe. might be looking for a new quarterback, and like you said, like, Phillip Rivers at this point is just going to be the quarterback we all forget. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Like, he was pretty good, wasn't he? Because um, his team just doesn't win when they get to the playoffs. But this is when you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Bronco fans, are you excited about this? Is Vic Fangio going to be the guy to get you – Back to the playoffs, are you all in on it? Or are you like, "Eh, let's see what we do with that offense before we start pushing the playoff and Super Bowl button? Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. But, Mark, let's close out the podcast doing what we do, and it's almost that time to where I won't be able to say that anymore as we're getting less and less teams into everything. So, obviously, that means less and less games. So, we're going to make our picks for... The conference championships this week. Before we do, make sure to check out mostfellepodcasts.com. That's where you guys can go and catch everything for MVP each and every day. You can also catch our shop, and the Patreon link is there as well. But let's jump in. Two games this week. The NFC game will be first. That's going to be a 2 o'clock, around 2 o'clock Central Time start for us. And then a 5.40 Central Time start for the AFC Championship game. Let's start NFC. That'll be the first game on the Raider or the Rams. They will play the Saints. Rams Mm -hmm. beat the Cowboys to get here. Saints beat the Eagles to get here. And Alshon Jeffrey not doing too well after uh, that game.
0: I mean, it was a pretty familiar sight. If you're Mm -hmm. in Chicago, you've seen him (laughs) drop some uh, some real heartbreakers every now and then. I mean,
1: like. After the game that against Chicago, where it was like, "Wow, Alshon Jeffrey playing a playing pretty good against his former team," um, went back to just the same old Alshon Jeffrey. Who wins this game and why, Mark? I'm gonna say that
0: the New Orleans Saints are gonna win it. Um, I do think that this will be a close game, and really, it's gonna come down to how well can the Rams run the ball on the Saints. Mm-hmm. If they run the ball anywhere near as well as they did when they were playing uh, the Cowboys, they can win this game, and Mm -hmm. they can definitely win it. Part of that's because Drew Brees is off the field. The other part of it, of course, is just going to be that was an unstoppable run game. That was fantastic. Whoever can run the ball better probably wins this game, but the Saints looked kind of vulnerable. Now, the Eagles are a good team. They've got a good defense. They really came to play but they made the Saints look like a beatable team, Mm -hmm. Uh, where the Cowboys made the L.A. Rams look like they already won the Super Bowl. So it's going to be interesting. I'm still going to go with the Saints. It's in the Dome. Uh, They're a favorited team, of course. They've got Drew Brees is really what it comes down to, Mm -hmm. and I, I still think that Drew Brees and two great running backs, good wide receivers, as long as they can kind of defensively end up stopping that run game, so that way Drew Brees can be back on the Mm -hmm. field, then Drew Brees is going to do what he needs to do to win.
1: This game, to me, I think this is the more interesting game of the two. I agree. And the reason why is because there's so much. Like, both of these games we've already seen this year. Mm -hmm. Um, The Rams-Saints game earlier this year, which was in New Orleans as well, that was the one where we had the one-loss Saints, the undefeated Rams. The Rams are going to go 19-0 and 0 this year. And the Saints just beat them, 45-35. Yeah. And that was one where that Saints offense was clicking. Drew Brees, four touchdowns in that game, not a single pick, had a QBR of 97.2. Jared Goff had a good game himself, 82.1 QBR, a 3-1 to touchdown to INT. The only thing was Todd Gurley, yeah, he had a touchdown, he had 68 yards. But But the Saints
0: were able to stop him for the most part. They
1: they were able to limit and contain him a little bit. However, the thing with the Saints, here's the question I have. Which Saints team are we going to get? Are we going to get that team? Or are we going to get the team we saw last week? And the Eagles defense is good. No disrespect on them. However, you look at Drew Brees, only two touchdowns, one interception, 65.8 QBR. This Saints team has not been the same team mm-hmm. that they were. Well, you're in earlier the playoffs and you year. play better teams. Well, there's that. But even like towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. this offense has been kind of slowing down a little bit and have kind of been sputtering. Not completely. That's what happens.
0: Defenses catch up to
1: offenses. And to me, that's the question. Is this team going to be able to do enough? Because the Rams, I know they were at home. I know Jared Goff. Jared Goff didn't have a single touchdown in that game against the Cowboys. It was all C.J. Anderson Mm -hmm. and Todd Gurley. To me, it comes down to two things for the Rams to win this game. Number one, Jared Goff has to be even if not better, than Drew Brees. You're going to say, duh, but look at the game against the Eagles for the Saints. Drew Brees, not a phenomenal game, but two touchdowns, one INT. Nick Foles, one touchdown, two INTs. You played worse, you lost. The other thing, which running back duo is going to rue the day? You've got Kamara and Ingram did better then Wendell Smallwood and Darren Sproles only had four yards rushing. Nelson Aguilar had more yards than him on his one carry that he had on an end around. And that to me is CJ Anderson, Todd Gurley, Kamara Ingram, which duo does better. I think this is going to be closer than it was before. I am going to pick the saints only because I picked them to win the Super Bowl. When we did our predictions, I only picked against them last week because I was feeling the Eagles didn't want to go ahead and pick them, but I'm going to pick the saints to win. I think it's going to be a three point game. I'm going to go, let's say, hmm, 28 to 25, no 20, 30, 27. I'll go 30, 27 that the saints get the win over the Rams in the dome. What about the next game, though, the AFC one? Another game that we've seen this already. The Patriots won it 43-40. to It was a close game. What's your mindset, Patriots-Chiefs, this time in Arrowhead?
0: There's part of me that always says you never pick against New England. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look at what New England was able to do, I mean, they've got a great run game all year uh, and how they were able to extend that by just throwing the ball to James White all the time. It's all they really needed, they barely needed uh, any wide receivers. Mm-hmm. New England looked amazing in that game. Um, they really did, they were a dominant team. They really put the Chargers to shame. Uh, but Kansas City Chiefs, they're number one team for a reason. That offense, if they can play just lights out like they have been, they will do very, very well and they can get past New England. It's mm-hmm. another one of those times where they're going to need a good running game as well because they are going to need to keep Tom Brady off the field. Mm-hmm. And this one is crucial for the Kansas City Chiefs defense to force Tom Brady to make a mistake. they can force Tom Brady to make some kind of mistake, mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs can win this game. And I'm actually going to roll with the Kansas City Chiefs on this one, um, who I previously had called the, a one-and-done team for this playoff. Nope. So now they're going to the Super Bowl. They can play the Saints.
1: So here's what I'm going to say. I agree and disagree with you. The Chiefs' defense is my focal point. for. There's two things that are focal points for the Chiefs Mm -hmm. if they want to beat the Patriots. Number one is that defense. But I'm not going to say because of Tom Brady. Well,
0: it's not because of Tom Brady. They need to make him make a mistake. No, I'm going to say this.
1: I'm going to say this. Tom Brady in that first playoff Mm -hmm. game, even in the first game against the Chiefs, wasn't anything spectacular in my mind. Like, yeah, he had 340 yards against the Chiefs that first game, but he only had one touchdown. He only had a QBR of 66. Then you look at the game against the Chargers. Yeah, he had a better QBR. It was 87.2, but 343 yards... Only one touchdown. I would Who's, still
0: say if you're throwing over 300 yards, you're having a pretty good who game. Who has
1: been the guy? The good games, but not spectacular. Mm-hmm. Who's been the guy that has had spectacular games in both of them? Sony Michelle. Yeah. They need to shut down Sony. Like Sony Michelle against the Chiefs the first time, 106 yards in two touchdowns. Against the Chargers, 129 yards and three mm-hmm. touchdowns. He is the linchpin. If they shut him down. If they even limit him, yeah, they have a chance. Well, you to have win to, the like game. I,
0: like I said, the New England Patriots' run game is a very mm-hmm. good run game, especially because they get him involved in the pass. Yes, so that's a very dangerous thing to stop. Um, so if you don't let that happen, Kansas City can win this game. But that's another reason why I think the Kansas City Chiefs needs to go all lights mm-hmm. out and really make sure that they are firing on all cylinders. They can't be wasting drives. Mm -hmm. They need to score a lot of points.
1: Here's the other thing I think needs to happen. Mahomes needs to have a spectacular game. Mahomes Mm -hmm. cannot, like, to me, Mahomes cannot have a game that he had last week where it was like, oh, 278 yards, no touchdowns, no INTs. He didn't do anything to lose the game, but he didn't, like, win the game. No. No. He needs to be like the last three games we saw the regular season where it was like 314 yards, three touchdowns, no INTs. Then 326 yards, six touchdowns, no INTs. And then like the last one against the Chargers to end the regular season, 225 yards, which seems low, but he had four touchdowns in that game. Didn't have a rushing touchdown in any of those. Um, he was shut down in the rushing department for those. But he needs to have a three, four, or more touchdown game if this team is going to win, I'm going to be with you. I am riding the Chiefs to win this game, and I it kind of pains me because like this is exactly what I said was going to happen in our predictions. One of these games, I was going to doubt the Patriots, mm-hmm. and they were going to prove me wrong. I think last week was that, too, because I picked the Chargers, I think, to beat the Patriots I'm gonna go with the Chiefs, and the score I'm gonna go with is 46 to 43. It's gonna be a high-scoring game. It is going to be a blo- like it is going to be pure offense in this game. Sony Michelle is gonna have a ton of touchdowns. I expect Patrick Mahomes to show up to this one as well, and it'll be interesting how where this game is being played. Last one was in Foxborough. This one in Arrowhead. If that changes anything, so just to solidify it, mm-hmm. we're both picking the Saints. Yep, we're both picking the Chiefs. Number one seeds to be in Atlanta. Let's hope that uh, their flights into Atlanta are a little bit uh, smooth because seeing those TSA lines and videos today um, of how long those lines. When have you're been a football
0: in, team, your flight's smooth.
1: <laughs> well, I'm saying like coming in, Mark, because that's uh, that was a long. When you're a football team.
0: Your flight is nice and that smooth. That thing
1: just kept going and going and going. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. Who do you got winning? Who do you got losing? What's your Super Bowl? And what do you expect for this week? Make sure to check us out on Patreon. That's how we're able to do everything for you guys. We're going to have, I'm thinking, I haven't solidified it yet. Um, I'm going to see if Shane O'Mac wants to join us next week, if he's able to. If so, he'll be on the podcast next week. But I know he's going to be joining us on the Um, Onside Kick, one of our loyal patrons. You can also make sure to follow us on Twitter, all the good stuff, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, rate and review the podcast there. want to thank you guys for either watching on YouTube or if you're listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.